All right, everybody, it's time for another moment in your day with Survival of the Fittest is the soup du jour. Today is Miércoles. Miércoles can only mean one thing. It's Miércoles de Musica. We're going to talk about different, like, musical things that I like to talk about. You know, I'm into music. Everyone knows that. And I think all kitchens and all chefs are into music. I don't think I've ever worked with a chef that wasn't some kind of music aficionado. You know, they, they, they either like something, whatever the music, ultimately, you know. But, you know, and of course, growing up in California and Puerto Rico, you know, the music in the kitchens were always dominated by or rancheras or buena salsa or merengue, ya tu sabes. So, Miércoles de Musica. Lately, I have been really kind of tuning into some pretty crazy shit, I gotta admit. I mean... Music that I would have to say that is is not your, like, standards, only because it's just forgotten tunes, you know? Um, like, uh, I don't know. I, I dare even want to even mention what bands, but you should look them up just so you get an idea where I'm coming from. Those Pasteles Verdes, uh, Los Muecas, uh, Los Temenarios, and only because there's this time, I think, in, like, Mexican music, that that like didn't quite happen but really did happen and you and there's proof because you can hear the songs but it's not ranchera music you know norteño tunes with accordion it's not bandas it's not you know mariachi music rancheras it sort of just never really took off you know so but there's tons of content tons of music out there for you to listen to and it's just got this funky 70s ass organ sound to it that i just kind of love right now so that's what i've been listening to lately and you know i thought i would mention that not to mention i mean of course i listen to so much music i mean whenever i'm out and about i'm listening to music whenever i'm in the restaurants i'm listening to music whenever i'm home i'm listening to music so it's one of those things that you know i just can't live without so you know do share with us and you know once again i'd like to thank orlando brewing for bringing us some beers again and that's making my evening really nice my miércoles de musica miércoles de musica con chef trevino uh, and a few beers from orlando brewing so that's always good um remember we were we're still taping on mega tv you gotta check us out kind of life a lot of fun we're doing recipes with cbd flour flor and a lot of good vibes so i think uh people are really a good response so far so let's hope that that keeps rolling only because we love to be hamming it up on tv ladies and gentlemen seguro que si and uh and we'll continue to find new recipes and exciting dishes so you could feel good internally and mentally and <laughs> and all around just happiness so definitely like the show can alive on mega tv puerto rico mega tv in orlando sábado a las tres nos vemos todos los sábados con una receta nueva so look us up see what else we want to hit today other than like you know just your standards i mean i'm always out and about looking for new things to talk about i was recently at um at a great, a, a great uh, Puerto Rican bakery. Uh, actually, I just, you know, you guys are going to want to hit me because I can't, the name escapes me. I think it's Vanessa's. I think it's here in Lake Nona. And uh, it's, it's, it's over 
right at the entrance. It's like, no, it's kind of behind some other shop, so you barely see it. But she's got some, like, Puerto Rican postres, you know, like uh, quesitos and and things like that. Y un cafecito bien cargado, like we like in Puerto Rico. So it's really cool. I've discovered it recently and, and have been going there for coffee. Coffee and uh, pastries. So if you're in Lake Nona, aquí in Orlando, go to Vanessa's. I believe it's Vanessa. And if it's his wrong name, you know, you have you just call me out. I'm willing to take the abuse. Pero that's definitely it. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, how could you go wrong? A quesito in the morning with un cafecito bien cargado. I mean, that for me is life. And, yeah, I know, I know I'm a sucker for, for Red Bull. And that's recent, by the way. My only source of of like like heavy duty stimuli have been his was coffee for years. Recently, I've discovered Red Bull and and I'm gone with the diet stuff because that other stuff, the the non the non sugar free, the the regular Red Bull. Oh my God, it's so fattening. <laughs> Shit, it's like forget about it. So, uh, but it's a, it's a good it's a good jolt. I like it. It's kind of a, got a weird like. You start to sip it, and then all of a sudden you're guzzling it down. It's like there's nobody who doesn't guzzle it down. It's a trip. I wonder if it has something in the recipe that makes you want to guzzle it because it's, it's a trip, you know? You just, like, you want to sip, but then you just instantly go to guzzling, clunk, 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 and, you know, you're just going right through this can of Red Bull. No matter what the size of the can, you just drink the shit out of it. So... It's interesting. I'd be curious to know if it was an ingredient there because, you know, as a chef, I would love to find some ingredient that made people want to just, like, guzzle and eat up my food, you know. So that's an interesting thought. Um, but it's good for sure. Um, but I do love coffee, and Vanessa's here in Lake Nona is definitely a good place to get a, a good, strong coffee because a lot of places, you know, American coffee is American coffee is American coffee. Uh, it's good because it's coffee. Because I'll drink coffee. I'll drink coffee out of a sock if I got to drink coffee out of a sock. But I got to have coffee. So, you know, I've had my share of American style coffee where I say to myself, like, it's tasty, it's good, but it's just not strong enough. And I, I go to a place called Sweet Mama's and they have a great breakfast. And they do decent coffee. But I mean, literally, it is just decent because, I mean, not that it's bad coffee. There is no such thing in my world as bad coffee. So please don't take this the wrong way. But it's not, you know, un cafecito puertorriqueño. It's not, you know, uh, un colau cubano. It's not, you know, Juan Valdez, strong-ass Colombian coffee. Or even this Greek coffees or Turkish coffees, you know, or even the Thai or Vietnamese coffee. Strong, very dark and thick and heavy. That's what I like in coffee. And sometimes I find myself, like at a 7-Eleven or at a Wawa, or one of these, like, just get gas and let me grab a coffee. And so turned off by the coffee that I turned to Red Bull. It's just like, that's what happens. So, you know, I save my, my, my coffee experience for either here at my house in the morning. Like, the first thing I do is, like, hug my dogs, <laughs> wish them a good morning, get my Greca. And anyone who knows coffee and anyone who knows Latin coffee knows what I'm talking about when I say la greca. And I get my greca going and it makes, and I make it super packed. I'm packed, dark, you know, coffee de la isla. You know, I, I love 
Cafe Mami. It's it's actually like my favorite coffee. Um, cause it's just dark, dark roast to it, a dark flavor, just super killer, and it's just got this zing. So I love Cafe Mami. I love um I love a lot of these. Uh I had actually a, a, a company called Don Juan out of Miami who brings a Colombian coffee, but they fuse the beans with bourbon. And um that was delicious. I'm into that coffee for sure. So uh, it's Don Juan, right? Yeah, it's Don Juan. Good stuff. So definitely my friends in Miami. That's great stuff. Uh, Chef Walken, those guys are great guys. Shout out to my boy Carl, who's the best. <laughs> These guys got a great amount of us. Uh, I did an interview with them. They have a show called, I believe it's just Walk and Talk. And uh, and it's on YouTube. Look it up. I think I was episode eight. And uh, look me up because I had fun with those guys. Those guys are a trip and a lot of fun. So greetings to my boys over in uh, Walk and Talk. You get the you get it right. Walk and Talk. I like it. Yeah. I, I thought it was Chef Talk for a minute, but I was like, what, dude? You know, obviously the Orlando Brewing, this is like, I actually started before we started our podcast. I had like three of them. And yeah, I'm feeling good. Musica Miércoles, Musica, Musica de Miércoles, mus What? Yeah, it's, it's definitely rolling. <laughs> okay. Anyway. <laughs> Yeah, I love the studio audience effect. You know, it, it just, once again, reminiscent of great historical, you know, like TV, you know, and you would have the canned laughter. I love that shit. I love it, actually. I just, I, I don't understand where, where it all went to, where it's all at now. You know, I was talking to my boy Rick. You know, we want to do some TV content. And you tell me what you're thinking, folks. Why don't you share some, some ideas with us? And... And I, and I always believe you just need to follow the template. And I've said this before about the game shows, and I said it before about TV shows, I mean, uh, cooking shows. And I'm about to say it about one other thing. I love the template of the dance show. You know, the American bandstand style show, the, the soul train with Don Cornelius style, you know, where everyone was just kind of dancing the latest hits. It would bring a, a singer or a band and... And everyone would just do their thing. And, and, and you know, we, everyone would tune in. And I said to myself, what happened to those shows? I mean, maybe, maybe people's attention spans have changed. Maybe you couldn't do 30 or 40 or 50 minutes or, you know, of a dance show and expect everyone to just kind of watch the people dance and, oh, bring on the star and do their song. And, and of course, the witty host uh, giving his, you know, like, oh... That was great, Kevin and 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 Susie. That was wonderful. You know, uh, you have to show us those dance moves, and you know, just the corniness of it all. But I think it can be done. Maybe a shorter version of it. You know, since this, the the tension. I mean, hey, when are you not on your YouTube? I mean, on your uh, Instagram and. Uh, don't see, you know, like some dance competition or somebody doing some dance moves and you actually are compelled to watch. 
And this is, I mean, this is me. I hope it's most people, you know, because, I mean, I'd like to think that I have some idea of what's going on, but um, I honestly believe that the, the, that the dance show should make a comeback. Maybe a new, improved version of it. Maybe algo in Latino, algo en Español. Maybe, you know, in a place like here, like in Orlando, which is the new Latino melting pot, you know, it was New York for many years, it was Miami for many years, you know, Los Angeles, ni se diga, Houston, you know, these are cities that have, have, have seen large Latin American, comp, uh, uh, you know, populations moving into their city limits and, and sort of making their neighborhoods and their restaurants and building their cultures. And then over time, the mixing of the Latino cultures, which is really the new Nuevo Latino style. And I think maybe... A new dance show, aquí in Orlando, which once again I say it is the new Latino melting pot of America. Uh, maybe something like that's necessary, you know, where we can get a little flavor de todos los países. You know what I'm talking about? Un sazoncito de todos los países. Sin, sin envolverme mucho porque rapidito me voy rápido a hablar sucio. So, we don't want to go sucio. Uh, let me see here. Um... Let's talk some food for a little bit here, okay? Let's talk about some food. Empanadas. Empanadas. Empanadas, empanadas, empanadas. I love empanadas. I love, oh, spinach and cheese. I love just cheese and onion. I love, uh, you know, the, the, the picadillo, the, the Argentine-style uh, empanada. The empanada de España. La empanada de, tú sabes, cubana. Tú sabes, el pastelillo de Puerto Rico. You know, the sweet empanadas, the Mexico. I mean, there's the debate. Where is the empanada from? You know, who has mastered the empanada? Or has the empanada yet to be mastered? Is it still just sort of a novelty thing that we get? Like, oh, vamos a comer unos pastelillos de carne. De carne o de pizza o lo que sea allá en Puerto Rico por la mañana. Tú sabes, staple. Uh, or una empanada de, 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 de carne argentina, picadillo argentino, tú sabes, con pasas y de todo, un poco, boludo. You know, all the good stuff. O tú sabes, la empanada de España, which is kind of more like a, like, like crust on top, crust on bottom, and then cut, a little different, you know, but, you know, or the empanada mexicana, I go to the Mexican, uh, to the bakery over here on Colonial, and, and I'll get, you know, a bunch of conchas for our Sunday brunch. But then I always buy myself a little empanada filled with, like, sweet potato. It's called camote. And they fill it with a, a seasoned uh, sweet potato or calabacita, you know. And they're both wonderful. My grandma used to make these little tiny empanadas, sweet empanadas with, like, pineapple inside and a lot of sugar just coated all over the outside. Like a churro, no cinnamon. But they were like rad and they were little and I could eat like a hundred of them, you know, when I was little. Don't you love how Latins say like when you're like young, they say little when I was little. <laughs> so anyways, when I was little, I used to love those little pineapple empanadas my grandma would make. So great memories of empanadas, great possibilities for a food concept, great possibilities for chefs to be creative with. And, uh, you know... Great stories that revolve something so simple, something so Latino, something so shared amongst so many Latin cities around the world. And, uh, and yet, you know, something that 
could be very exploited still. I mean, you know, I say it like that, but it could be a hit when you think about empanadas, you know, and how people, how easy they are to eat. Well, I mean, you know, I guess there's a frozen version of them. I mean, how about Jamaican patties, which are very much an empanada, if you ask me, and delicious because, you know, I love West Indian food. I love food from the Caribbean. Like, if you're going to take me, like, to, like, Jamaica, you know, the BVI, the USVI, you know, Trinidad, Tobago, just, you know, St. Croix, I'm going to mention because St. Croix's got some great restaurants and some great West Indian style food. A shout out to Chef Digby, who's out there, who does a great job and he's a good brother. And, uh, you know, it's it's always like just so it's good. So the, the, the Jamaican patties for sure are on the list of great empanadas. So that's something you want to look into if you're running a kitchen, if you want to find something easy to make, something exciting and something that really needs to be showcased a little more so definitely the debate of the empanada and where it's from not relevant because it's got to be from the heart hey yeah 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 okay 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 i won't get so corny but definitely look into the empanadas they're awesome i mean i i remember having an empanada in jamaica once a curried goat uh, uh, a patty that was <sighs> it was pretty delicious but i will say that just as delicious and you know a lot of people can't figure out vegetarian food the jamaicans got the ital diet down yes man got you covered right the vegetarian patties in the west indies are amazing because there's a lot of vegetarians amongst the islands you know lots and certainly the East Indian connection from the in, from India that sort of found their way into the Caribbean at one point in history brought a huge influence as well. I mean, and I think the spiciness of it, uh, of a lot of the food, comes from that. And I think um, the East Indian touch that you find in a lot of these islands is very unique and mixes with, of course, the very African, you know, ingredients and very African cooking style and again, I mean, people say to me, oh, well, I think fusion's done. And I say, well, has fusion ever really been done? I mean, isn't all our food some sort of fusion food? And I think West Indian food is a, a perfect example of that. Not to mention most Latin American dishes definitely have a lot of their style rooted in food from the old world, from España. And, of course, given the ingredients and the terrain that, you know, the terroir of everybody's different regions in the world, then, yeah, the food becomes very distinctly Mexico, very distinctly Puerto Rico, very distinctly Cuba, very distinctly Peru, to say Colombia, Venezuela, Brazil, you know, Argentina. All these places have sort of taken, well, the Argentines tend to bring a lot of Italian onto the plate, but it's all good. They tend to bring a lot of the history from España and the techniques. I mean, what Latin American country doesn't love rice, doesn't make great rice dishes? Well, you know, there's a place in España called Valencia that does just spectacular paellas and spectacular rice dishes. And I think that the, the, the understanding of eating rice, even though everyone says Look, rice and beans are very much Latin American, they come from somewhere else. And certainly I think Spain plays a huge role in 
just giving everybody and all of the Latin American countries a big foundation. Obviously, the African cultures have brought a lot of, you know, angles as far as flavor profile and techniques to the Latin American kitchen. And the Indian, of course, the indigenous cultures of the Latin American, you know, continent and Central America, you know, in North America, obviously, uh, have influenced heavily into the, the, the cooking lexicon of the Latin American kitchen. And you know, to say that it's 100% Spain would be uh, foolish, but to recognize its influence, I think, is huge. To understand everyone's regional like, uh, needs and, 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 and likes and, and just desires to put together great dishes, well, that's what's given us a, a really exciting food dynamic within latin america which rivals asian food which you know people say like oh no no no, they invented this and they invented this. like listen they didn't invent corn tortillas they didn't invent arroz y habichuelas if you ask me pero whatever it's all good and um uh, obviously you know I, I i love to i love discovering latin american dishes and so if you have anything that you want to share with us like one of those things like 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 in ecuador you say like well what's an ecuadorian dish well i had the pleasure uh while i was on iron chef to meet uh, a chef named jose garces who is ecuatoriano and he when we were like we, we were on a challenge where we had to sort of uh cook a dish of our of our you know, of our ancestry, of our, our relatives. And he actually made a, a soup called locro. And this is a dish from Ecuador. And it was amazing. Not to mention he's an amazing chef, so his locro was over the top. But I tell you what, the second or third time that I had locro, it was just as good. So these are dishes like of, of Ecuador where you'd say like, well, I don't know many Ecuadoriano dishes. And there's one that is worth trying, a locro. And, uh, you know, there's dishes out there that need to be found and, and shared with everyone else. So definitely search it out and, and, and dig into your own cultural bag of goodies to find how to excite your guest. If you're a chef in a restaurant and if you're not, then in how to excite your family when you're cooking for them. You know, how do you how do you keep your family entertained you know when you're cooking or how do you bring in the family to cook with you because there's nothing that i think that's not a bigger family building event in a household than cooking together and it's definitely a something that your children should learn and your family should do together is cook you know in the old days it was like mom what are we eating and your mom would just roll her eyes and say we're eating this and you know my mom was good because she had like this sort of days where she'd cook like miércoles de música like we're doing now well you know i sort of kind of she would do her little days where she would cook certain things certain things certain days of the week and uh you know you kind of knew she had her schedule or her menu you know and it would vary every other third week maybe you know and uh it was delicious and you know one thing you know i think in in the times we're living now is to involve the, the family in the kitchen with you not only be like hey mom what are we having for dinner but hey what are we cooking tomorrow or let's write our menu on sunday evening and and really give everyone a task and they become your chef de parties you know in your kitchen and uh you could cook something together or just do it once a week you know whenever just kind of get people cooking i think cooking is a it's a great family builder it's a great effort 
there's a lot of love involved and a lot of technique that's important. It's lifelong. I mean, I watched my mom cook for years in the, at home, and I had no idea how much influence that would have on me. And, of course, everyone says, well, where'd you learn to cook? Or why'd you become a chef? Oh, my mom, you know, I loved it. It was the best. But nothing could be more true, you know. And, and there's great chefs out there that say, my mom couldn't cook anything. She'd burn everything. And, you know, I've heard that before, but... Nine times out of ten, I think I hear my grandma was a great cook, my aunts were great cooks, my mother was a great cook, and, you know, from there comes some great chefs. So you never know. Be an influence, a great influence, and cook with your family and create the next big chefs of our world. And, you know, I tell you what, you know, it's important to do that. It's important to recognize who we are culturally, who we are in the future, you know, what we could do with food. And remember, you know, we're still getting through some tough times. All my chef brothers and sisters out there, all the best. I'm hoping everyone can pull through this. We're getting closer, everybody. We're seeing the light. We're almost at the end of this rough shift. I mean, how many times have you been in the kitchen and you just had a miserable night? And it just never ended. But then it ends. We're getting there, folks. We're almost past this COVID shit. And when we're past it, we'll get back together and we'll cook again and we'll eat again together and we'll have a great time. Meantime, go looking for your kids to cook with you. Inspire them to be great chefs. And remember, survival of the fittest is the soup du jour. I'm Roberto Trevino. I'm still a chef and I'm looking forward to seeing you all soon. So let's do it again real soon. Musica de miércoles de musica. Always tune in. We'll see you soon. Hasta luego. Salud.